Greetings and welcome to another episode of Soul Citizen. This is episode 113, and today we'll start discussing the Ark Star Map, Fact and Fiction. Today I'm joined with my special guest, Dr. Murray. How are you doing today? I'm all right. Hello, hello. And you want to tell us about what you do and where you're from? Um, I am a co-host and original founding member of the Yacht Club. I just say that to annoy Ariana now. Um, yeah, so we do a show every Wednesday night at 1900 Pacific Time. That's 2200 Eastern Time. We go for a couple hours. We talk about all the events that happen in Star Citizen this week. Or try to, and then we show off a bunch of screenshots. And also today I'm doing my... Two, two codes, not one, but two. I'm doing my colossal. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great, Fast Card. How are you doing, buddy? All right. How was your week, Ben? Interesting, to say the least. Other than that, fantastic. Okay. <laughs> right. And I'm also by Jay Starwatcher. It's been a while, Jay. How are you yeah, doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm really, really hyped up for my favorite Star Citizen topic. Yeah, you were so hyped up that on Thursday you were like, "Oh, I hope I, I hope I can be on that one." And yes. you're like, "Yeah, you are." <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, how you been been well too? Yes, it has. It has. I've I've like finally completed getting the last of my things from my old place. It's taken a while, but now I'm good. So yeah. Cool. All right, like I said today, today we're talking about the Ark Star map, and I think we're going to get probably started. So let's talk about Astronomy 101 for 2952. Um, who wants to take that on uh, th th that first one? Okay. The star type. I'll okay. Take yeah. So, hey, thanks for the subscription. If you didn't know, oh, thanks for the subscription. Stars are about as diverse as anything in our universe, falling into one of many different classifications based on their defining characteristics. All in all, there are many different types of stars, ranging from tiny, um, failed stars called brown dwarfs to red and blue supergiants. There are even more bizarre kinds of stars like neutron stars and wolf rayet stars. And as our exploration of the universe continues, we continue to learn new things about stars that force us to expand on the way we think of them. Let's take a look at all the different types of stars there are. Yep, let's take a look. So stars are grouped into what are called spectral classes, and they're assigned a letter. And the, the largest, hottest ones are blue. Um, they're the O-type stars, and they are very, very bright, very mass, very uh, short-lived. Um, these are the stars that would go supernova. And then below them, we have B. Um, so, like, O-type star would be, like, um, Pen Lacerta. B would be a star, like Rigel. And then below them, we have A, like Sirius. And all these stars so far would be, you know, relatively blue. Below A-type stars, you have F, which are blue-white stars, sort of like Procyon. Um, and then you have G-type stars, which you should be very familiar with because you see one come up every day of sun sure uh yellow white white yellow however you want to say it i'm indoors all the time i don't see one every day <laughs> below them it, they're slightly cooler less uh, massive stars called um k type stars they're orange red like uh arcturus would be a good example of one 
And below them are probably my favorite type of star, um, M dwarfs or, or M spectral class. We call them red dwarfs. Um, and those types of stars are the longest living stars. Uh, they're very, very dim. They're like one one hundredth uh, the brightness maximum of our sun. Is and, that pronounced uh, beetle guys or beetle juice or what? What's up? Oh yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, beetle. Yeah, beetle so juice. like right, beetle juice. Okay. Um, one of the reasons. Times. Yeah, right. I one of the reasons. You, can you tell us? Can 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 tell us why M uh M class are your are your favorite? Is it just because of the name Red Dwarf? Well, no, it's because it's because there's so there's so many of them. They're the most common type of star in the universe, and they're going to outlast all the stars bef uh, above them. So, it, it's kind of cool that they would be around like at the end of the universe. Um, and one of the reasons we're giving you this information is because on the ARC star map, which is the subject of today's show, they actually use real spectral classes for the different star systems in Star Citizen. And the type of star that uh, your planets orbit around will have an impact on what you're going to see in those systems and maybe on what kind of suit you have to take out. Like if you're in pyro and you, you have X-class uh, you know, pyro flares with X-rays, um, you're going to need like a radiation proof suit, like say things, things like that have a real game, game uh, effect. Uh, we are 23 followers from 2000, and at 2000, we're going to give away a, a whole C. So if we get, if we get 23 more followers on Twitch, uh, we're doing a giveaway. So hit that follow button if you're around. Okay. Just 23, yeah, folks. Just 23. Call your friends. Call your <laughs> wives. Call your husbands, your brothers, your sisters, even your grandparents. They can see. Go ahead and get them out of the bed. They can even hear it. Just 23 followers, guys. Greatly yeah. appreciate it. We know you're a great community. Yeah, I just wanted to mention, oh. they even recently um, introduced a radiation suit on ISC. And if you're interested yes. in any of this spectral class stuff, I urge you to Google the Harvard computers, all in quotes. There's a group of women back in the 1800s that literally were at Harvard, and they came up with this system. No, I'm and not an astrophysicist, or, or I studied some astronomy, but I didn't go, um, like, college deep into it. But um, my question is, these letters for these for these star types, do they follow any kind of, kind of pattern, or there's, like, so, for some language that I, that, um, that I don't, I'm not sure of? Do you know why they have letters? Yeah, letters I do, actually. Yeah, yeah, because originally, before, before, um, there were a bunch more nice. letters, Thanks right? For the subscription. Thanks for the subscription. There, there, there are a bunch more letters um, that the astronomer Henry Draper uh, had created a system. And what ended up happening was, as they learned more, those other letters got dropped, I, I believe, by Henrietta Swan Levitt of one of the Harvard computers. And so the system that we use now, that's been used like since, you know, since then, only has these letters, there are other letters for things that aren't on here, like brown dwarfs would be like an L or a T type, but there's no brown dwarf in star citizens, so we're not going to talk about them. Okay, that's fair. Big ass stars, anyways. And O-class yeah, stars are the best stars, not, not M-class. Live fast, die hard. I see how you roll. <laughs> Hypernova is all that I'm going for. Mm -hmm. Cool. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
<laughs> so up next we have the habitable zones. Uh, Colossal, you want to take that? Want to take that? So habitable zones. The definition of a habitable zone is the distance from a star at which liquid water could exist on orbiting planet surfaces. Habitable zones are also known as Goldilocks zones, where conditions might be just right, neither too hot nor too cold for life. Interesting. Yes, and yeah. they, they call them, um, you know, if you watch Warmaker's Guide to the Galaxy, they sometimes even call them green zones. Uh, mm, green yeah, they, they literally um, put, put them in, in a green zone on, yeah. on, on a map uh, in, some, in some places. So, yeah, yeah, that's what they call it, a green if zone. Go, yeah, if you go to the Art Star map, that's the, that green zone that you see around the star. That's the star, star's circumstellar habitable zone, or just habitable zone, or Goldilocks zone. Now, it is possible for something for life to exist outside of Goldilocks zone. It's just not as likely. Absolutely. I mean, even in our own solar system, you know, they want to search for life um, on some of the ocean moons of the outer planets because mm. you can you can have tidal heating due to, um, you know, tidal gravitational forces warming up that ice as the moons. I mean, we literally have a moon called Enceladus that orbits Saturn. It's spraying water out yeah. in the space, right? So, and Europa is an ice ball with a water core. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's also affected, you know, what we talk about, um, this is just talking about the radiation or the heat from the star, but a habitable zone can also um, be not just the star, but taking in the characteristics of the planet. Like if you have outgassing or volcanism that gives you the greenhouse effect, you could have that habitable zone stretched out a little bit further because you're keeping more heat in. So, What is the quick definition of volcanism again? Volcanism is when a volcano explodes. Yeah. Volcano. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought it was okay. like not, not, when not you Spock. live long and prosper. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> hey, we come to all type of knowledges here, so we, we have to uh, uh, explain these things. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going wow. to oversimplify a lot of things. So the so, the basic so. concept of a habitable zone is kind of old in this day and age because yeah. we understand that there are certain characteristics of moons and planets that can cause them to be habitable outside of the habitable zone. So right. like it, it, the, the green bands are always going to be where they are based on the star, based on that. And there may not be any planets in the green zone. So uh -huh. if we're going to be an extrastellar civilization, we have to learn how to, to colonize the outer region planets around gas giants the small I ain't a load of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't say that the, the concept of the habitable zone is outdated. I would say that the it's constantly evolving concept. Right. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's constantly evolving. We, we 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 do it's a useful tool, but it's it's what it is. It's a starting point right. to right. start talking about habitability. Cool. All right. So up next we have exoplanet populations. Uh Dr. Mo, you want to take that? Ready? says, an exoplanet is any planet beyond our solar system. Most orbit other stars, but free-floating exoplanets called rogue planets orbit the galactic center and are untethered to any star. They also orbit stellar formations. So, stars exhibit amount of gravity. Multiple stars together create enough gravity to create a large-scale wide orbit of a rogue planet. So, it, it, it doesn't just orbit the galactic core. Some of them 
go around these stellar nurseries. They go around these these stellar bodies where there's a group of stars creating enough gravitational forces to pull them in. Yep. But and rogue planets are thought to be common cool. because they're part of. Uh, okay, so during star formation, planets form. Planets are basically a byproduct of star formation. And because all the orbits are not stable when they're formed, some planets get ejected. In fact, our solar system probably had more planets um, than we currently have. And those planets that it ejected, either some of them went into the sun, other ones got sent out into uh, interstellar space and just roaming the galaxy right now. Yep. So oh, I have a, uh, uh, it, it, it might be an off-topic question, or it might be an off-ball question, but is there a chance that Pluto can become a planet again? I mean, it is a planet. It's a dwarf planet. Ceres was the first... a planet planet. Well, I mean, Ceres was the first planet that got demoted to being a dwarf planet, so it's not like right. Pluto's the first... Um, it, they're still planets. I prefer to call them worlds, because, I mean, they're, they're fascinating moons. That if yeah. they weren't orbiting a planet, we call them planets almost, you know? So, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, uh, Kelly, thank you for the raid. Uh, thanks for the raid, Kelly. Welcome to Fort Pluto, Pluto is a binary <laughs> planet at this point because yeah. its, yeah, its orbit was Sharon. It, like, the center of orbit is between it and Sharon. So, they're definitely in a binary pair. So, mm. we could call them a binary planet. We've never seen them any larger than that. But there, there are a few shadows that have been interpreted to be binary planets as well in other distant star systems. So. The, the, the main reason yeah. that Pluto is not a planet is because it, it hasn't swept out its orbit. So that right. was like the that was the defining line that the IAU put down, the International Astronomical Union put down to define like and what a planet are still is. People still arms about that. They they want Pluto to be a planet. And it'll be a they want to finish those models. Yeah. If we just call them all worlds, we'll all be good. (laughs) Neptune Neptune hasn't cleared out its orbit either, but we still call it a planet. I mean, and technically we've got Earth Trojans, but hey. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing's a planet anymore. Thank you for that. that. Who Uh, was a planet? Next we have a wormhole. I'll take that one. Wormhole is a special solution to the equation describing Einstein's theory of general relativity that connects two distant points in space or time via a tunnel. Ideally, the length of the tunnel is shorter than the distance between those two points, making the wormhole a kind of shortcut. Though they are a staple of science fiction and have captured the popular imagination, wormholes, as far as we know, are only hypothetical. Uh, they are a legitimate solution to general relativity, but scientists have never figured out a way to maintain a stable wormhole in the real in the real universe. So yeah, hmm. that was um wormhole. So colossal. How? What was the first time you you ever heard of a wormhole or or even some kind of shortcut between between getting two places in space? Uh, Star Wars the motion picture. Star Trek, the motion picture, I believe. Star Trek. Oh my Star God! Everyone's gonna go crazy and chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was a kid. That was the first I time I saw something like that. What? <laughs> yeah, Star, Star Trek, the motion picture. Star Trek, Star Trek, Star Trek. The the, the first motion picture. Voyager was a Voyager, I, I believe. Voyager was the satellite. I always all that good stuff. Blah blah blah. I always pictured wormholes as some kind of wormhole. <laughs> Like in an apple. Mm. The first time. Oh I, yeah, that works. I yeah. I uh, saw a, a wormhole in science fiction. I, I read read the book, 
before I saw the movie Contact. Mm. Um, so that was the first like time I, I saw that. I, I should also mention that while um, scientists haven't figured a way to, to create a wormhole, um, they, they know the properties that a wormhole would have to have, and it would require exotic matter known as like negative mass matter. And there, there have been papers published um, since like 2007. In fact, the, the most recent was in 2021, proposing searches, um, one using gravitational wave astronomy to actually see if you could find the signature, the expected signature, a predicted signature of a wormhole. So if they're out there, they are looking for them. And right now we're looking at the, um, I think this is from Citizen Con. Um... I forget what year, but they're displaying a demonstration of what of what of what the jump gate will, will will look like and how they operate. This is a correct going through one. Um, ooh, I want to say twenty. This may be twenty eighteen. I forget the year, but yeah, this is a, a cool video back in the day. Yeah, when when I took astrophysics back in two thousand and six, um, we were taught that wormholes, if that are wormholes, are likely and possible, but they're probably very small. So they'll be very hard to detect. Right. So the the idea of finding a wormhole, you always have to find the wormhole and then expand it enough that you can fit through it. And that's where exotic matter comes into play as well, because you need negative energy to expand space time inside the wormhole to allow you to travel through it. And what I as love far is as we know, there's no such thing as that right. negative energy. Like Yeah, what I love is that there are multiple ways that they are thinking about like searching for these. I mean, like I mentioned right. gravitational wave scattering. Right. Um, there's also basically looking at microlensing data and, mm. and seeing if there if you could find it through that. And um, stellar kinematics or looking at the motion of a star, a little white dwarf that orbits the supermassive black hole at the center of our galaxy. So like there, there are multiple ways that they could look see if one actually exists but as you said if they do exist naturally then their population is expected to be very low but it's even very low the universe doesn't mean that you can't find yeah. it yeah yeah when there's when there's almost infinite space that means it's yeah. probably an there's probably number. a million if we say yeah. if you found one hey, you found a million for the subscription. Yeah. thank you all lucky for the subscription uh, and my question is Go ahead. Go ahead, buddy. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I, real quick, I just want to say that thank you to Griffin for showing that uh, Doctor Who video. I forgot about that. That was, that was real funny. <laughs> My question <laughs> is, do we know, do, does anybody on this panel know how many wormholes exist um, or at least could exist right now in the Stanton system or any of the systems that we may currently get in the future? Oh, yeah. And, yeah, the, 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 yeah, that's the reason we're talking about wormholes is in, right. in our citizen language, we call them jump points. Mm-hmm. And in Stanton, there are, let's see, Four? seven? seven? No, sorry, that's, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. There are, four. yeah. It's, it's four, four in Stanton, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's four in Stanton. Okay. Which wormhole is anybody going to use the most? Hmm. Hmm. I'm staying away from that power one. We, we we may get to this in, in, on the archive, depending on where we want to go. But um, we want to talk about Terra. Terra has like the most wormholes, right? In Star Citizen, the Terra system, not the planet, obviously. Yeah, I think. This, mm. I'm just looking through. I think it. Yeah, it, I know it has a lot. That's the one thing. Wow. Yeah, I think it, I had like four, and one of them connects to well. 
one of them is it's close to Terra, but I don't think it's connected. I'm sure I mean, but I don't think it's directly connect to Soul. But yeah, I believe that's why Terra became the, the center mm-hmm. of the universe. But we'll get we'll get to that in, in, in a bit. That's one, two, three, four, five. So up next we have four. what is the arc? Uh, Jade, I think you're, you're up next. You want to take sure. that one? Yes, the Ark is a vast library and archive station located in the United Empire of Earth, governance uh, system of the Tyok system. It's the largest archive and library in the UEE, and the Ark houses records, curated information, and artifacts pertaining to the accumulated knowledge of all known space-faring civilizations, except for the Vandal, because they didn't want to be it. The uh-huh. initial concept for the ARC, they were invited though. The initial concept for the ARC was presented to the UEE Senate in 2794 by the then diplomatic secretary, Marshall Leon, as a neutral information repository for the benefit of all cultures and civilizations. It was approved the same year and completed in 2800. The ARC Galactopedia and the ARC Star Map are two of its most utilized resources. And the quote is opened by the UE in 2800. The Ark was built following the massacre of Garan II, where, where a developing species was wiped out, and the fall of the Mesa regime. It was intended to be a repository for universal knowledge, as well as a neutral ground for diplomatic discussions between species. Though it has been used infrequently for diplomatic purposes, the ARC's massive library contains a wealth of invaluable cultural and historical information. Yep, that that is the ARC. All right. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. Any thoughts about that? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I know that the Banu were kind of like secretive about. They're like the way that they handle jump points and and the knowledge of where jump points are. And I, I kind of, you know, wonder what kind of negotiations they had to go on to get the Banu to give, uh, you know, them their, their information. And the, the uh. fact that they invited, they actually invited the Vandul, even though they're at war with the Vandul, um, says that this, yeah. this definitely has a higher purpose. Yeah, I, I can't imagine that, that went well. Like, hopefully, it was a um a, a, a train mission and not someone delivering delivering a message. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine how, how that person w- might have came back from the Vandal. So yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, they probably went through the Banu to get to them because the Banu trade with the Vandal. That's a good point. That's yeah, a good probably point. told the Banu no. All right. So up next, we have the freedom of information. Uh, Klaus, you want to take that one? Freedom of information. At the dawn of the 29th century, a new center of knowledge and understanding was constructed. The ARC, not bound to any one place, species, or government, the ARC was established under a simple principle to provide a neutral repository for all galactic knowledge. A pet project of Imperator Marshall Leon, the desire was to usher in a new era of cooperation between species after hundreds of years of hostilities. Imperator Leon believed that the simplest path to peace was empathy and sought to unite the greatest mind of not only humanity, but also of the Xi'an, Banu, Tavaran, and even Vandul to endeavor towards this noble goal. Hold on. Uh, there are many hurdles along the way. The Senate refused funding when they learned the project was going to be run privately. Some vocal opponents were worried that the data shared would be used against humanity. 
The invitation to the Vanduul incited calls of Imperial Leon's removal from office, yet despite all of that, the arc was completed. And as we approach the institution's uh, sesquicentennial, I hope I get it right, uh, anniversary, it is hard to deny the positive impact that uh, this, this incredible resource had on civilization. To this day, it continues to strive to present a holistic view of history, collecting as much knowledge as they can from as many sources as they can. Currently residing in the Tiox system, the ARC, its, uh, the ARC and its team of dedicated archivists and researchers curate this information of the Galactopedia and the Star Map, invaluable tools that allow all beings to better understand the universe and find their way through it. The Vanduul to date have not participated in the ARC program. And folks, if you have any questions, um, please click the eclipse button down below. You can answer a question. Ask the question, and we'll answer it at the end of the show. So go ahead. If you have any questions, um, go ahead and put those in. So thank you. And don't forget, we're, we're still looking for followers for a giveaway. Hopefully, if we reach 2,000 followers tonight, we'll give away a whole sheet. How many more we so, need? Yeah. Uh, I have to look it up, but um, hopefully a little bird will, will tell it to the moment. But yeah, the freedom of, of, of information. Uh, that was a big deal. Uh, unique, uh, unique. Um, I, I said that yeah, all the um, humanity is, is giving away all this information for free, making it vulnerable, and they, and they pointed that out as a worry in the lore. So yeah, that 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 that, that is a legitimate concern, especially when when you're at war with a um a, a hostile species, right? A little information ain't gonna hurt anybody. Yeah. With all these species, they're all, you know, star traveling civilizations. So it's kind of like, well, they get this information themselves eventually. So why not just make it available to all? And then anybody who's got any secrets along the lines of, you know, what's on the Arc Star map. Um, each each culture could learn from each other so that everybody's knowledge increases. So I think that's sort of the thinking. And I just learned we, we are 26 followers away from 2,000. So 26 followers, and, and then we'll get a uh, do, do a giveaway. Nice. Uh, I just want to remind you, some folks, that some of these information is dated from 2015. So some of it may be out of date or or maybe hasn't been updated a, a while, but this is the um, information as, as, as we currently have it. But it is some of this, it is, it's from 2015. All right, so data sources. Uh, Dr. Mill, you want to take that one? Um, Which one, data sources? Yeah. Okay. In addition to tracking celestial objects and jump point routing information, the star map incorporates demographic information from several trusted sources. Population, NID 2944 Population Assessment Report. Generated by the UEE Naval Intelligence Division every year, this report is intended to serve as a reference for Naval High Command policymakers, senators, and planetary leaders. Point-in-time population estimates are derived utilizing data from UEE Census Bureau. UEE Department of Development detailed orbital scans and naval on-site teams. The economy, J and P score. The Japa and Penner Econ economic health score has been an empire standard for close to three centuries in evaluating the financial status of regions. Name for the firm who derived the ranking system, J and B score, J and P scores. 
take into account a myriad of factors such as trade, growth, debt, capital, etc., to assign letter grades ranging from F to an area with little potentials to AAA to designate a hub of extraordinary economic value. Threat, TSAS. The advocacy complies crime statistics and casualty reports to create a travel safety advisory system, TSAS, to inform the public how dangerous they expect travel in certain sectors can be with threat levels ranking from minimal danger to extreme danger. Ooh. It's amazing that the TSA is, is still, still exists in 2952. <laughs> <laughs> it's in a different name. So yeah, that, that is data sources. And, and again, we're going, to this, we're going through all this information as a prelude to get to the Star Map to give people a background of what, what the Star Map is about so, and, and how it came to be. So that's just what we're, we're doing here. I wonder what TSAS be available oh. as soon as Pyro becomes available. Right, exactly. Mm. What would be the TSAS for Pyro, I wonder? Yeah. Moderate danger. <laughs> moderate danger. You moderate think moderate? <laughs> okay. Chance of X-class solar flares. Yeah. Right. Moderate. Mm. Chance of P-class pirate raids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, also want to remind people now, um, CID mentioned that heat map are being part of this stop map. So you can you can figure out when the, when the hostile, something hostile is going on by, or how hostile a system is by, by the heat map. So yeah, that's something they added a while ago. It didn't come out with the, uh, with the star map, but it was something they added a bit later. So they are um, iterating on the, on the star map as time goes along. So yeah, so like that, that causes violent trade lanes and pirate activities. So yeah, you can, you, if you try to plot out a, um, a course and run it, avoid trouble, the heat map is um, the way to go. All right. Yeah. So, oh, uh, Dr. Murray, uh, talk about the um, how much the map has changed over the years. Um, well, that- the map, the map has changed quite a lot. It's gone from being mostly single star systems to having a few binaries, some black holes, some rogue planets added to it. Um, the, the, the actual jump points from planet to planet or star system to star system have changed as well. So some of them used to be large and now they're medium and so on and so forth. But it's, it's constantly iterating on itself. It's constantly evolving the star map. So as they, as they go through and work on the lore for each star system that they've been placing in the lore maker's guide and the, um, the arc. Blackpedia, they are updating the star map to make it match the data that they're releasing. So if you pay attention to the the Galactopedia updates, then you will see what's happening in the star map as well as they go through and update them. That's a very good point. Thank you. So yeah, uh, I thought I remember. I think the star map came out in 2016, and it was it was great. They won several awards. For, was it 2015? I think it was 2015. 2015. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. But it won several awards when it came out because it, it it was it was it, 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 it was amazing and still is amazing because it it's like a a mini game on on your browser basically. So it it those awards that they won were well deserved. Yeah. Right, so the future major expansion plans for the map are in the works. Addition. Of real-time data coming from the game simulator, more models to represent the ele- other elements and phenomenal phenomenons in space, as well as possibly support for orbital mechanics. With the advent of 3D browser standards like WebVR, maybe integration with virtual reality devices. 
the final list is still in the work, but you can be sure it's expanding it and using a map to allow you to interact with the game universe, even when you're not connected with the game client. And so, yeah, that was just, just the, um, that's what the future is for the star map. What do you think, the, um, if you had any suggestions for the star map, what, do you have any? Um, what would you, th would you like to see? I would like, I would like to see um, different types of binary, uh, binary systems or multiple star systems in general. Um, so we do have uh, several, uh, quite a few binary systems on the ARC star map, but they're all what are called P-type binaries, which is like, if you've seen Star Wars, Tatooine is a planet that orbits two stars. Well, those are the only types of, of binary systems that they have in Star Citizen. But in reality, in the real world universe, um, there's another type of binary system called an S-type, where there are two stars that are widely separated, each with their own system of planets. And from a gameplay aspect, that would mean that you might only need to use your quantum drive. You, you have to have a fast one. You'd be able to go from one star system to another just from quantum travel rather than going through a jump point. So just to change it up, mm. I'd like to see them maybe add some diversity there. Cool. Anyone else has any, anything that they would like to see added or change? Uh, I want to see more rogue planets. More rogue planets. More, more multi-star systems as well. Because I, I believe, I might be wrong, but I heard that there are more binary star systems in the universe than there are single star systems. So, well, supposed to be more common. Yeah, they are, they are common. In fact, one of, the, one of the stars I mentioned earlier, Procyon, is orbited by, you know, they, they orbit each other, a white dwarf. Um, right. And uh, we we're have... constantly finding small dim stars orbiting single stars. So, yeah, yeah, close to us, yeah. we have Alpha Centauri and Proxima Centauri. And Alpha mm -hmm. Centauri system itself is a trinary system. Yeah. And we didn't know that for a long time. We knew it was a, we, at first we thought it was just a single star. And then as our scopes got better, we realized that it was two stars. And then as we got better at detecting small backlit, unlit things like planets, they detected that there's a small dwarf star going around there as well, which is interesting. Yeah, that, that they travel together, that they're gravitationally yep. bound, that Proxima Centauri is gravitationally right. bound. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, all right. So we got in, in Discord a, a chat over, over here. So how about uh, something to calculate the time between it takes to go from system one system to another or one planetary body to, to another? So currently we have um, uh, distance, but not really time because it doesn't calculate time. So I think that would be a, 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 a There is good, a timer. Uh, on the on the the uh, <clears throat> the star map in game, yep. when you select to go from one location to another with quantum travel, underneath the distance, there's a timer. It's in seconds, and it tells you how long it will take your quantum travel time to get from point A to oh. point B. So it's but there. That's not in the um, that's yeah. not in but not in the arc that, star that, map. That, 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 no. that, that, that's in the game, but that's not your okay, character. Right. Well, well, that, well, because well, that, that depends. That depends on what quantum drive you have, because each quantum drive has a different speed. Each size is smaller. The smaller ones are slower than the bigger ones. So they, I don't know how they would do it on arc star map unless you select your quantum drive that you're using, and then they can figure it out. Don't because that's a, a, that's a variable that needs to be known, or it can't yeah. figure them out. I mean, you know, I mean, the only thing it does do in terms of a little bit of a technicality, it does let you know how many flight distances on the arc map itself. You can set up a route and it does tell you how many jumps it takes. You can jump between uh, small, medium or large 
uh, size uh, wormholes, and it'll tell you how much of an AU it, it, it will um, take in terms of distance. And you can view your route to see where what route it, it takes you from. So it does have something like that on the star map, on the uh, on the on the um, the art star map, by the way, on the website. And if you if you know your distance and you know your speed, then you should be able to find your time, no problem. Yeah, Colossal used the term AU, which means for the people that don't know, that means astronomical unit, which is the distance between the earth and the sun 93 million miles for us americans so yeah yeah so this is an intergalactic system so maybe they should switch to i don't know some intergalactic unit yeah when you're going across the system like we have you know different units of measure because like going across the system you wouldn't use like um a parsec or a light air you, you use au because it's a much smaller distance and mm -hmm. with, jump, with jump points we're going through a wormhole so we're not actually traveling through like normal space time so they'll have to figure out like okay how much distance is covered in how much time in a wormhole which we don't know that yet before they would be able to like calculate how long it takes you to get from the stanton pyro jump point to you know pyro and launches, I think light minutes might would be better. There's a whole a bunch of um different units that people could could be. Yeah, you could you can use light minutes, but AU yeah. just it's so it's so easy because like we know how far the Earth is from the Sun. Like the average person kind of has some yeah, idea. Like, like, like some people say, sometimes in the experience that we say light seconds or light minutes. I'm like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, I mean it's all valid. It just, it just, it just, yeah, it just takes something you can you can use. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What I, I mean, of the future, what I would like to see is, is more integration of the arc star map from the web into into the game. I'm I'm noticed yes. that 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 they, that they are that the what they want to do, but I'm I'm really looking for looking forward to that. Yeah, I guess yeah. Black, you know, um, uh, Kai asked a question about, you know, water world planets and things like that. I got Kai to answer that question. Give me a species that at least is aquatic, and then we can talk about that. I haven't seen so yeah. yet. If you if you can get a species in there, like, uh, uh, you know, in addition to the Tavaran and the, and the Xion, that is aquatic, I guarantee you, you'll see water worlds start springing uh, up left, right, and side. Oh, yeah, there, there are water worlds in, in the uh, Star Citizen universe. I think one of them mm -hmm. is called Hydro, even, or Hydra. Uh -huh. All right, so up next, we're going to take a look at an early work in progress video of the Arkstar map. This is from 2015. So, uh, Dr. Miller, you're around, around, around this time. You want to tell people about this, if you can? Uh, this, was, this was originally something that I believe early Kickstarter backers and early stretch goal backers received as a star map room for your hangar module. But it, it never came out. The, the hangar module updated after this to the newer hangars that most of us are familiar with. And uh, this this just seemed to get put off into something else. And then they released the star map in 2015. So that was kind of the end of this. I, I've heard that it's coming back with persistent hangars, that the idea of it will be there again. And so they might put them in, but it depends on how persistent hangars turn out. We well, just don't have any clue yet. Start off in the cartography in the uh, in the Carrick. I'll be fine with that. Deck. <laughs> just start off there, and then we can go ahead and bring in everything else. But I'll be fine with just that part. Amazing. That looks amazing. This is the first mm -hmm. I've seen it today. Like I hadn't seen this video until today. Yeah, 
Yeah, I'm not, uh, yeah, this is pretty cool. I, I've, I did see this back in the day, but I, I just completely forgot about it. So it, it's almost like watching it, watching it new again. But I do like how all, all the colors of the stars match the um, colors of the uh, pipes. And yeah, it's just very cool. And I agree. Like, I, the, the character and, and other ships should definitely get this. But I would love to see this in a, in a hangar as well. Oh, it goes flat too. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. The uh, the uh, Arc Star map goes three D wow. and flat as well. Yeah, you can look at a two yes, D representation. I I don't know why you want a two D representation, but yeah, you can. Maybe it's easier want. to understand for our primitive monkey brains. I'm not sure. Yeah, <laughs> okay. some people. Yeah, especially like especially the order you get two D is easier to understand. But it's 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 especially great if you can rotate it and stuff like that to um in two D space. So yeah. All right. So up next we have size. So I think uh Jay, you're up. This is from Polygon. Oh, oh, you gotta give me the one from Polygon. No, I'm joking. Um just to give you an idea, Roberts said fumbling for a way to communicate the sheer massive size of the upcoming release. The playable area on the large world map that we're currently using is one million kilometers by one million kilometers by two hundred kilometers high. We reached out to the Star Citizen team for clarification, and it seems that Roberts actually understand, uh, uh, sorry, actually understated the size of that space. The goal for the release stands at a space that is actually 400 kilometers high, a volume of 400 quadrillion cubic kilometers. Wow. Space is vast. Yeah, sure. That's so it. <laughs> And I remember a video showing um uh, there's a graphic showing the different um planets planetary size. Uh, I, I'm not sure if it, 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 that's coming up, but yeah, this is this is turned out to be a big game and space is vast and people are were saying oh the, the planets are only one sixth of size and 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 people underestimate how big that even one sixth the size of Earth is. So that's a lot a lot of ground to cover. People are also a word that um when when land claims become available in the game that people there won't be enough space but there'll be plenty of space there's only like i mean i'm saying the only but there's only like three million um accounts or around a three million account and you, you that even even that won't fill up one moon so yeah yeah so any other thoughts about size before we, we go on Oh, I mean, it obviously matters from the standpoint of what kind of, you know, Sarsen's a game about choices and what kind of choice you're going to make on what ship or what components, what quantum drive you put in your ship. That's that's all determined by what you see on, you know, this Arc Star map. You heard it here first, guys and gals. Size does matter. Ah, size matters. That's exactly. I, I, I set you up for that. See, <laughs> I was wondering if Fast Cart was going to take it. <laughs> I, I, I thought you know, it was going to be Fast Cart. <laughs> yes, I was going to be good, but I'm, I'm glad someone else did it for one. So thank you for that, Colossal so PC. You're welcome. Anytime. Up next, we had the star system. So. In total, there are 95 known star systems consisted of 224 planets, 74 moons, 50 space stations, 76 asteroid formations, and even some stranger sites. And this is uh, from the uh, Star Map. Don't put the link in, in, um, in chat. So, yeah, that's a lot of systems, right? 
yes. Yes, no, maybe. I mean, yes and yes and no. It, I would say yes from the standpoint of me being, you know, somebody that's been in Star Citizen and seen just how detailed it is. But sometimes when you tell people who have never jumped in the Star Citizen universe, there's, you know, going to be like a hundred systems. If they're looking at it from like No Man's Sky or Elite Dangerous, they think that's a small amount, but they don't realize how much content there's going to be, right? And in, in those systems. And, um, you know, Chris Roberts' vision of a hundred system um, versus a game that has like thousands of systems, you know, that, that are all basically the same versus Star Citizen where you have a lot of variation, you know, it, it doesn't really matter if it's only a hundred systems, if they're all vastly different from each other. So from a gameplay standpoint, I think it's a lot. From a from astronomical standpoint, all... it's a lot it's little. But from Star Citizen standpoint, that's a lot of content. Yeah. Especially yeah, when you consider that they all one sick the size of, of, a, of an old planet. So I mean, I mean yes, they 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 might they might scale that down because it, because it, because of the planetary size. Considering like when we got procedural planet that increased the size of, 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 of how big a planet was going to be. But yeah, so going from one hundred systems to whatever the, the current plan is, even though even if you do get, get it one hundred systems, that'd be a lot of of um of land. Yeah, right. a lot of land and a lot of stuff for you know players to explore. A lot of places for you to put down your settlement and not be bothered if that's your thing. You know, that's what, what I love about it. Is that there's going to be some place for everybody in this universe. Right, and I mean, in addition to all that, I mean, guys. I mean, I know we talk about No Man's Sky and we talk about Elite Dangers. Elite Dangers has what procedurally generated systems and planets and things like that. But a lot of, um, you know, no disrespect to Elite Dangerous or, or even No Man's Sky, going back to Elite Dangers, a lot of those planets or moons, you can't even land on. Um, you have to just fly by or things like that and so forth. If you're looking at 95 known star systems, 95 known star systems, we're not talking about a DLC. Right. As of right now, you, you know, when the game comes out or later on down the line, it's going to be 95 known star citizens and maybe 10 years down the line, they're going to add 95 more, you know, and, and, and look at this, look at the size of Stanton system versus Pyro. Mm, Pyro is huge. It is huge. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of space for everyone, including people that's not even in the game yet or simulation. So, I mean, this, this, I'm, I'm excited, even with 95 known systems and 324 planets and 74 moons and 50 space stations and 76 asteroids and blah, 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 and the list goes on and on. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's going to be a lot of other things later on down the line that's going to just keep you in the game. I, I believe those numbers are wrong now. It could be, absolutely. I mean, we're just pulling up information from 2000, what, 2015? 2015, yeah. Yeah, 2015. So obviously this has changed, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure every right. habitable planet is going to have its own space station, and then there's supposed to be Lagrange space stations. Like, most systems are supposed to be filled in like Star, like Stanton is. Like, any of the populated habitable worlds are going to have yep. a lot of things in them. Yeah, thanks the, for that reminder. The, the ones that aren't are still going to have some space stations, so you can get across them. Yep. So. Good reminder. Yeah, so... So just to, just to clarify and make the point very known, yes, a lot of this data is from 2015, and, and CIG has expanded on it. So you can you can you can probably expect more or uh, a lot more depending on 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 how far CIG is willing to go. But yeah, this is from 2015. 
So this is how this is the, as we know it. Put it that way. Oh, right, so I think next we have a video that we're going we're yeah. going to um. Yep. So let's go to White video. Castle. <laughs> The Ark is proud to introduce StarMap version 1.0. Utilizing the vast libraries of data, the Ark has developed this interactive software to provide a comprehensive and informative way to study the known universe as it currently stands. This is not a static product. The Ark will provide consistent updates to the StarMap whenever new data is verified and ultimately link it directly into the Galactopedia. Once you've loaded the star map, you will arrive at the galaxy view, which shows all known systems in the Star Citizen universe. At the top of the screen, you will find a toolbar for general settings. Galaxy view, system view, celestial object view. And on the right side, you will find the audio toggle and full screen toggle. At the bottom of the screen, there is another toolbar for star map tools. Search, bookmarks, routes. We will explain these tools a bit later in the video. To browse the star map, simply use your mouse wheel or touchpad to zoom in or out. Click and drag to rotate the camera. Right click on an object in order to view the contextual menu. If you select inspect, the camera will zoom in on that object. If you select information, an information box will appear on the top right corner of your screen. If you select routing, you will access the routing tool. Choose a destination and it will display a couple of routing options. If you select bookmark, the object will be saved in your bookmarks for easy access in the future. You must be logged in to use the bookmark feature. Simply click outside the menu in order to close it. There are many known systems in the Star Citizen universe. Use the filters below to view routes, small, medium, large, factions, and long-range sensors. Use the search tool to quickly find a given system. You are now in system view. You can right-click on any celestial object in that system. You will see an example of the information box in the top right corner of your screen. Click outside the menu to close the information box. Click on the sensors to view life forms, economy, and crime. To use the routing tool, enter your departure point and destination point. You can step through all the route segments until you reach your destination. If you click on a jump point, you will be instantly transported to that system. Some systems have not been fully mapped out and the ARC probe network will let you know if its data is incomplete. With the recent addition of the social module in ARC Corp and the upcoming Galactopedia, the Star Citizen universe is taking shape faster than ever. Whether you want to plan to join Operation Pitchfork or lay the groundwork for your trade empire, the star map will let you keep up with its pace directly from the site.
in the net explorer 11 plus so i think i got that updated the edge now so yes yeah that, that was a video on on how to use the arc star map and i just want to point out real quickly they mentioned the operating pitchfork i don't know if, if new players will, will, will be familiar with it so i'll explain operating pitchfork is a event that's planned at the end of beta before the game launches to take the um, players up against the band or take back uh the vega system or wherever um, the van door may, may be situated and it should be in lower whatever happens if we win, win or lose we'll, we'll probably lose but it should be in something in lower just before uh the game launches so that's that's what operating this for game so yeah what, what do people think about the video uh, colossal uh i think it's brilliant like i said the map is itself is one of the best things i've ever seen the best arguably one of the best maps i've seen on any uh social media platform gaming platform website doesn't matter it's one of the best ones and then for them to put out a, a video instructing people on how to actually act, uh, navigate around it is 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 phenomenal Jade, any any thoughts about video yeah um you know like like just to reiterate what colossal said um it's amazing i mean the map itself is the video is informative it gets somebody started in how to navigate it I remember, you know, I became a backer in December 2016, so it wasn't that long after this came out. And I remember this was one of the reasons I became a backer. When I saw all those systems and started really, like, you know, clicking on them, reading the lore for these mm -hmm. different planets, I was like, wow, they, they've already thought this out. They're using real spectral classes of stars. They've got, you know, the habitable zones, right? Like, this is, this is nice. I, I want this game. So, yeah. That was how I saw it. Oh, Dr. Murray? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, All I right. mean, it's it's hard to follow Jade. She says everything I'm going to say anyway, so it's like, I don't know what she said. I mean, go ahead. The one other thing that I want to go ahead and point out, because a lot of people are always looking at the, the basics of this map, which is, uh, you know, you right click and you get the information, the, the routing or routing, whatever you call it, the bookmark. But then there's that other part in there that talked about um, the the population. And um, I remember seeing that when I first got on this map years ago, uh, you start seeing these arcs around the planet or the moon that you select. Um, and, and, and it shows you different, uh, you know, different types of graphs in terms of population or things like that. I, I, I think people need to check that out too, cause that's amazing. You get to determine if there's a populated planet or not a populated moon or not, or, or, or and, and see where the resources could go, um, once they put quantum and quantum in. So just look that out and check that out with the star map. Now again, I'm going to put the link in, uh, in, in chat so people can follow along. But yeah, so uh, I think we have some faction lore to, to get through. So yeah, you, you can now um, click on the brand new UE Vandal Geon Developing and Unclaimed. Um, I think people may not understand what developing and unclaimed um, may mean. So, uh, I can do that. Familiar. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, so a developing world, like if if you're familiar with Star Trek, they have the Prime Directive, right? And that means like you can't interact with these places that have developing civilizations or in Star Citizen, it's not even just civilizations, it's places that have life that could develop into a civilization. So mm -hmm. those are off limits, except for scientists that are studying them. Um, 
so those are the developing worlds. The unclaimed worlds or unclaimed systems are systems that no major faction claims. And an example of that for players that were around back when we had um, my home, Levski, Delamar, which is supposed to be in the Nick system, <laughs> that's an unclaimed system. So it's the same as uh, with Pyra. Um, these are systems that aren't part of the UE, they're not Banu, they're not Xion, but they may be inhabited by humans that okay. aren't part of this. Yes? Jade, I thought TPR claimed Del Delamar. Yeah, TPR is TPR is from Levski, so it's yeah. <laughs> no, 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 the, the people's the people's alliance do run Delamar. Like that's okay. I don't okay. know. We don't know if they run the rest of um, the Nick system. That that remains to be found out. But yes, they have their own government in that system that is not the UE. They have their own laws and mm -hmm. their their own faction, but. Um, they're not shown on this map because they're not a major faction like the Gion, the Banu, and the Vandor. Okay, fair enough. Mm -hmm. So, Dr. Murray, you have uh, any place that you would like to visit on the star map? Um, I, I'm going to visit all of the the binary stars, and and I've got to go no, to like Gloss. On, 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 on the map right now, where would you, where would you like to do yeah, a system that you would like to visit oh, on the map right um, now? Um... Bacchus. Bacchus. Oh, wow. Bacchus. Go to Bacchus. Let us know how you come, out, come out of that one. one. It's a binary star system. It's also uh, considered to be, but we're not sure, the Banu homeworld uh, or the orbits in the Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I remember it's, that now. It's got a G class star, kind of like our sun, and a little smaller um, orange uh, K class. Class, yeah. Okay, cool. Oh wow. Yeah, it's but this is that's where out. your Banu right. merchant man might be made. This we is, don't know. Might be. Might, might be. be. Might be. Might <laughs> be. This is this is what Jay was talking about the the binary stars though. That this is always an S type where it's a star orbiting a star in close proximity, where another a P type. I'm sorry, P type, where. More common, from my understanding, more common in the universe is the separated stars in like an S-type or a Y-type. Yes, absolutely. They're, they're out, they're all affecting each other's orbits, but they all, their center of gravity, their center of orbit is not in the middle between them. It's, it's skewed. Like Alpha Centauri them. is an S-type binary. Each, each, right. each binary. Um, star could have, yeah. Ah! Well, we, we uh, yeah, there are multiple star systems because we multiple only say binary. Right? Like, so, so each, each star in Alpha Centauri system has, or, well, thought to probably have its own planetary system because they're that widely separated. But if right. you're looking at the Bacchus, all the planets orbit those two stars, kind of like uh, Tatooine does in Star Wars. Right. And all the cool. systems in Star Citizen are like, all the binary systems in Star Citizen are like this for now. They may change. Yeah, they, 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 they probably were the same uh, a ways back. But yeah, they, they, like, like we said, they're iterating on, on a star match or probably changing along the way. But uh, Dr. Moe, you have another system that you, you, you have an interest in? Um, oh, Goss is a system that I want to I go to because it's, it's the, the bougie world. 
Ooh, yeah. What was that? That's where you take your 890. <laughs> That's right. Colossal perked up when you just heard that just now. So uh, uh, tell us about oh. this system again. Uh, I think it's G-O-S-S. Yeah, GOSS. Oh, GOSS. Uh, GOSS 2 is beautiful. It's like the... It's um, what is that? Is that like the um, the system in, in, in Star Trek? That little uh, vacation spot. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like Rigel. Yeah. But yeah. So but the, Castle's like a that's a mostly it's a mostly water world. Mm. So there's lots of beaches and everything's built around these these beach resort looking things. And yeah, that's where the the one eight ninety jump picture where it's sitting on a a landing pad over a beach, and there's all the water, and like looks like a resort, and some skyscrapers that look resorty off to the distance. That's on Goss. That's in Castle. Yeah, I really do hope that they make Castle into like Star Citizen's version of Ryza. Yeah, we'll see. Ryza, you're right. That's the Ryza. That's the one one. Yeah, Castle. Okay, cool. Make a note of that. Uh, Colossal. Do you have any um, systems you would like to visit? Uh, I don't even know the name of this. Maybe Jay can help me out here, or maybe Dr. Murray. That's one system that has the um, uh, either the planet or the uh, a space station that's just made by nothing but ships or 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 um. Oh, spider! That, spider. that one right there. So whatever system that is in, that's one I really want to look at. But I'm a lore guy. I'm very interested in Vega. I'm interested in Virgil. I want to go to Tiber and I want to go to Ryan. I want to see those systems that were. You only choose two, man. Just two. I, yeah, well, I, I gave you 10,000 of them. I just want to go to those systems that I want to see how they look after the Vandur ransack through it. Yeah, so Spider, you know? spider orbits in a system called Cathcart, which is like run by pirates. Yes. Okay. Yeah. What? Oh, I see. Cathcart. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Fa and Cathcart is a, a massive 80 uh, main sequence stars. Mm hmm. Yeah. I see it. So this is oh this is Cascard here okay yeah this is this is got I, I was excited about this when, when, when I first heard about it but then I discovered it's, it's going to be a, a pirate haven so I'm like uh, I can't even visit it even though it had my part of my name in it so I was disappointed oh well <laughs> yeah fast card system uh, so but but you said um Spider and Vegas right. Yeah, Virgil, Vega, Odin, uh, I mean, not Odin, um, uh, all the systems that, um, that the Vandals, Tiber, Orion, those systems that the Vandals mm -hmm. ran through, you know, this little yeah, speech. Yeah, Vega prob probably will be in um, Squadron 42, uh, or maybe Eastern in, in Squadron 42, because that, that's mm -hmm. where the Bishop Beach takes place after the attack on, on, on Vega. Yeah, see, I'm looking for, like, debris. I'm looking for, you know, a major battle, major wars. Of course, we, we have to jump on the planets to see. I, I want to see what was left behind, you know? Yeah. Mm. Not much. Exactly. <laughs> you're going to yeah, find a bunch much. of those harvesters is what you're going to find. They're going to be the yeah. harvesters. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, take, take, yeah, take, take your vulture and, and, and your claimer along with you and have some protection too. Mm. So I'm going to take Jade, then I'll go last. So Jade, what two systems you're interested in? Okay, well, I'm going to be a little controversial here and say Terra because uh, oh, or, took mine. 
Origin Jump, <laughs> exactly. Origin Jump, I didn't know it was yours though. Origin Jump Works is based in New Austin in the Terra system. So at first I'm gonna go there and pick up a brand new ship. And then I will probably want to go to Gliza because I love the fact that, um, first of all, it's named, they actually named it after an astronomer. And it's also where the no-go uh, ancient ruins, there's a planet called No-Go, that the ba this is a Banu system. The Banu won't go there. And I want to find out why. I know there's ancient ruins there. I like exploration. I like science. I'm taking my ship straight to Gliza. And, it's covered um, in. Right it's now, covered we're, in right now we're, we're looking at... at I'm oh, sorry. Well, right now we're looking at Terra, and this is this is the system that, that, that I, I was going I was going to recommend. Cause this is going to be like the cradle of humanity, because Earth is old and busted, and this is the new hotness. Yeah, it is. <laughs> old it, and it literally it's old is. and busted. That's going to be the new capital of the UE. Doctor Murray, you said something that was interesting. What did you, what did you say? I don't remember. <laughs> in regards bad, to what? Get, get out about the glycer. About in regards to glycer. Oh, glycer. Yeah, I was just saying that there's like the planet's covered in fungicide or fertilizer or something like that, which keep the banu away because of the trees. Okay. Uh, some other like standout points of interest for systems for people would be like Baker, um, if you if you like. Um, racing because um they have the able baker mm. challenge there um also if you like racing you're going to want to go to the ella system that's where the murray cup is that's where green is so if you do the anything in the um racing part of arena commander that's where that takes place um that's also named after me by the way yeah um lear Sorry. of course because you know sandworm on lear uh three but also if you play that uh good doctor map in star marine that takes place on a planet called Maya, which is in Lear, on Lear Two's called Maya. Um, I, I, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, um, I'm sure people that are into Drake would probably want to see their their headquarters. It's in Magnus, so mm. there, there's a lot. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can really dig yeah. into this map. So access to Terra will probably be a lead system, I hate to say, and probably Seoul as well. Yeah, I I, I don't know about Seoul, or, or, but I think Terra will probably be after Seoul, but that's just my guess on, on how the development will, will be. But yeah, it, 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 it is like, there's going to have to put a lot of effort and work into Terra and Seoul, because, you know, those will be the two places that pairs will probably visit the most and as and, 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 and quickly as possible. What do you got, what do you, what do you got all that? Um, as long as you can show me where Addison, um, Addison's uh, office is, I would gladly go to Tara because I believe she's over there in, in Tara, isn't she? I mean, isn't, she likes uh, Tara. Yeah, she know? isn't she but from she, Tara? She's a senator from Tara, right? Yeah, but she, she but she has to live, I think, on Earth now because like that's yeah. technically the, the headquarters of the UE, the seat of the government. Yeah, yeah. that's a step down yeah. for her. The aircrafted. Don't they want to, don't they want to move yeah. the, the system over to Terra anyways? The whole UE? They can, they can terraform planets. Earth is fine. <laughs> <laughs> right now we're looking at next, and this is like, oh, uh, could, can you travel through the wormhole to people and can see, can see what that looks like for people? And I, I think that's pretty interesting. If we can go through that desk, you know. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And remember the day we're doing that in 20, 2015, and this is one of the reasons why pe people loved um, the, the star map. It's very, very cool. Uh, two systems that I, I was going to recommend, we always talk about one. One is Terra. 
The other one is Tamsa, and as soon as you bring that up, that I'll, I'll explain why. But Tamsa, the, the system, I don't, I don't, I don't can't see, can't say that people should um, go to, but I mean, if you have a, a um, an expendable ship that maybe you can get rid of, don't care about Tamsa is one. Uh, and we put that. I believe, in, uh, yeah, I believe Tamsa is also the the last, the the most recently discovered system and it was happened after the launch of the game in 2942 it happened in 2943 or 44 is when the tam is oh wait i bet i had it says on this list it does yeah 2943 oh, oh that's on pyro 3 right, right now that's what it stopped on so um what yeah, we're still on pyro. oh pyro 3 will change from being a lava planet as far as the last video that we saw during citizen con so yeah but yeah, so if you go to Tamsa, um, real quick, uh, I'll, 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 I'll say it's, a, it's a, point, a point of interest, put it that way. Yeah, and then there's also Min, which is just a rogue planet. There's, there's no star at all, it, but there's a jump point to it for some reason. M-I-N. There we go. Yeah, this is Tamsa. Tamsa had a black hole. So... I don't know how powerful the black hole or how far away the, the wormhole will be from, 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 from the black hole, but yeah, it's going to be pretty dangerous if, 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 if you go, uh, try to go in there. <laughs> yeah, see, what yeah, you can do is you can you can right-click it, and under the third choice says avoid. Please select that. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Good point. <laughs> yeah, stay outside the Schwarzschild radius. Yeah. Good God. Yeah, that's we don't good. know what, how, how far that, that'll be from the, from the thing, from the, um, the black hole or from the from the wormhole so yeah you might want to avoid this system altogether but yeah I, 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 if i have if i had an expendable step and i have a, some way of, of, of escaping the system and so as i try to figure it out i'm going to try to try, try to visit so yeah that that's terrible sir well the population yeah. is none the economy is very small to none and there is very little to no threat why <laughs> good lord <laughs> Yeah, it's a, yeah it's a black the only hole. fun you thing to do on here. Tamza, the only fun thing to do on Tamza is to shoot probes right next to the event horizon to see them get ripped in half and spaghettified. Right, mm. exactly. I mean, I mean that might be a sport, and you know, the <laughs> stars in the universe, <laughs> like closest to the hole in golf, yeah. closest yeah, to the black exactly. hole. Exactly. <laughs> oh, so Tamza has a uh, has an actual planet, or yeah, I, I, I. I Forgot about that, or, or if it's been a while since I visited, but yeah. So, yep. yeah, the, the, other, the other two systems are Terra and Vega, but we've already been there. Yeah, and and planets can orbit black holes in, in real life, they, they can. That makes yep. sense. Okay. Yeah, just don't expect any life or, or if it had volcanic activity or something like that. The life is probably very close to zero. I'd, ex I'd expect if it's, that, you know, it's going to be really cold. Uh, and be irradiated also by like you know hard radiation um yeah. If, from yeah x-ray radiation stuff like that yeah a lot of gamma radiation coming yeah a lot of gamma a lot of x-ray not good for and life but gamma is the stuff that murders you might be fun quick. for a second <laughs> that's it, it doesn't turn you into the hulk it just no kills. it does not <laughs> it just tears apart yeah, your dna like so. <laughs> like news. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so uh, I think we're going to uh, have a Q&A right now. So Black Sky Legion so says, 
So emotionally hairless monkeys, thank you very much, living in the orbit of Seoul, which is very subjective view on the concept of Goldilocks zone, but the fact that different stars will have different ranges for this and the whole life it will evolve in that zone based on the carbon-based life forms, very similar to human. What essentially of races or other factors would depend on like the sea to explain life developing outside of our preconceived notion? So I'll copy that question and put it in um in chat so people can read it. But um what would you like what what kind of life form would you like to see in Star Citizen? Are you going in order? Uh, yeah, Jade go you you can go first. All right. I would like to see there's there's two things. I'd like to see a non-humanoid um intelligent species, right? Like get out of the get out of the trope and and put a species in that does not walk on two legs and looks like a, you know, a Hollywood alien, right? Uh, or just an animal that's walking on two legs. Like I'd like to see something something really truly alien, but I'd also like to see you know, it's 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 thought by people within the search for extraterrestrial intelligence that the most likely type of alien intelligence we would discover would be machine intelligence, right? Or some some form of hybrid between, uh, like you know, cyborg or whatever, like the Borg. Um, I'd like to see that, right? Um, because they would they would live long, right? Um, and they'd be you know like super intelligent they wouldn't need to hang out in a in a habitable zone because they're post uh biology they're they're technology so i'd like to see that yeah colossal i do like to see two there i mean a lot of them but one in particular is a species like eight four eight four what six seven two or eight four, oh no you know, like eight, in fluidic space eight, four would, seven two eight four seven two i love seven, fluidic two, space yeah. i would love to see a system that is like a fluidic space and you see that another type of species that I would love to see is a species that actually uh, everything they do is based, if not, is has nothing to do with technology. Is everything they build is everything based off of life or bios. Um, their ships are, uh, are 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 lively, are alive. You walk on a live ship. The ships are living. I would love to see that type of a, a species. I would also see a. I would love to see a species who's completely in the dark. In other words, they do not like illuminescence whatsoever. Mm. Um, maybe, you know, maybe they don't even have eyes like right you know yeah, maybe they use like echolocation or something correct some type of sonar oh, did, or something like did that. you know that. it only takes six weeks for a human to learn how to echolocate no i did hear yeah. that yeah. <laughs> we travel in the same circles <laughs> <laughs> we do dr murray i'm surprised we've like never actually met in the real but yeah uh yeah, those, those would be my three oh, types of that's just asked a good question in chat like they say i wonder what the kurthak are we don't know yeah the kurthak we'll find the out the kurthak are a bug-like species they're an insectoid you think species. so well yeah i mean i'm making it up as i go along but that's what i, they I are. just yeah. i really <laughs> hope I, I just I really hope it's something that's like really just alien like if, if, if they, look like, or, they look like know. centaur horn beetles yeah, I mean, if the Tiana are fighting them. So, Doctor Moo, what species would you like to see in Star Citizen? Um, well, I I happen to think that the most common form of life in the universe is going to be aquatic. So, I would like to see aquatic species, and um, because from what we understand, heat and water turns into life after a long enough period of time. Mm -hmm. So, and and there are 
there is tons of hydrogen and oxygen in the universe. Yep. So it, some of the most common elements, water, yep. unlike uh, a lot of things that you see in sci-fi, water is actually extremely plentiful in the mm -hmm. universe. And worlds with water, um, even like moons with locked oceans, like the moons, some of the moons in our solar system, like uh, yep. Europa or Europa. Enceladus. Yep. yep. Th those are probably going to be really common um, in our yep. real universe. And I would expect them to be kind of common in Star Citizen. Uh, we have Yella, you know, in the Stanton system, which is supposed to kind of be like that. But yeah, something. And, yep. and in lore, Yella has an underwater, uh, a series of underwater caves. So maybe, yeah, maybe there will be life down there. Yeah. And the, mm. the other thing... I, anybody who's read my book knows that I want to see a dog-like species, like a canine, oh. anthropomorphic, probably. Okay. Yeah. That'd be cute. Like, like yeah. McGruff, the police dog. Like, yeah, like Griff. Like Griff McGruff, Griff. the police dog. It's Griff, clown dog. Yeah. <laughs> Crime dog. Yes. <laughs> I'm going old school. I'm showing my age with that one. Sorry about that. So uh, my answer, um, I know we have Pico, and I know that Pico is based off of, based off of actual penguin, but maybe adult-sized penguin, like how Ewoks are basically miniaturized to um, um, a rookie, maybe a, a humanoid penguins. So that, that's something <laughs> that I, I, might, I might be interested in. Look, just go ahead and take the Picos that you have right now and make them live citizens of Microtech. Okay, I, I'm serious. That's all you gotta do. I mean, you already got the plushies that just make them live citizens of Microtech, and and it'll just be a wonderful thing. And maybe make them like the mindset of a Jawa. You know, they like to sell things and things like that, and they sell them themselves. I mm. think. Oh no, no like not that. Jawas! Not <laughs> ship your ship I mean, while you're off doing a mission. Yeah, just taking parts from your ship, give it back to you. Yeah, sell them back to you. <laughs> <laughs> Dark Knight said those would be the most vicious creatures in the verse. They were scared of Van Gogh, probably. <laughs> Alright, so up next we have a diff another question from Black Sky Legion. So much of the sci-fi planets are very monolithic, i.e. either entire desert planets or like Tatooine, hot, and like uh, ice planets like Hoth. But the real science much more supports the idea of multiple and very biomes in many planets. As she has quite smartly included these. One huge exception will be water worlds. Is there anything that, that any of the panelists would like to see done to meaningfully bring water worlds to light, i.e. Yeah. water underwater biome? Yes. Yeah, I believe Helios is a water world. Uh, was, you and, beat me to it. Yeah, there's the Tangaroa yeah. Islands on one of Helios' right. worlds. Um, what I'd like to see would be, you know, like on a, on a water world, um, it you know, it's going to depend on, like, the, the mass of it and where it is. But on some of them, I'd like to see them actually, like, have ice caps that, you know, aren't actually, like, or how about this? You Is have a water- star, too? Yeah. What's that? It's Why a, I like Helio so much? It's a B-class main sequence. Oh, it's a B. Okay. Yeah. It, I, we just I like, zoomed way far in. I was like, holy cow, it's an O-class. I'd like no, to see, right, they're locked water worlds, or, or tidally locked Earth-like worlds near these- little m dwarfs that would have like that kind of look like an eyeball they, we call them eyeball earths because on one side you you have the you know thing lit up hot right, right? and then you have like on the other side frozen but there's this right. temperate band right that would be a temperate biome that would kind of like make this whole thing sort of like 
if you're far away from it, kind of like looking like in an eye. So an eyeball earth around an M um, dwarf, M class Macy red dwarf would be mm. wonderful. So CIG, if you're listening to this, make an eyeball earth. <laughs> I actually wrote about that in my book as well. I had a planet like that. Nice. Mm. Yeah. So, so the, the two of you, Doctor Lee and Jade, I, I, I agree on, on on that one, in my correct. Uh, Doctor Mary, you you want to expand on that one, or do you, you, that that's a, similar for you? <clears throat> Sorry, coughing. Um, no, I, I that's pretty much it. Like, I want to see water worlds, more water worlds. That's why I like Helio so much. That's why I remembered it. Because I know there's a water world there. I just love the fact okay. that at Helios they have a station called Hesphestus Station. If you don't, if you don't know about Hesphestus, you need to look up your um, your mythologies. Mm, yeah. Mm. Well, go ahead and explain it. Yeah, uh, Hesphestus made all, um, if, if not most of the weapons that are the Greek gods, Zeus's um, uh -huh. tridents, the tridents, and things like that, and so forth. I think he was married to. Um, he was married to was it Aphrodite or 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 the other one of the beautiful ones, and um, so he is a major figure in either uh, in, in Greek mythology. He made I'm pretty made sure the Tridents. Aphrodite. He has Aphrodite, I believe, and then yeah, Black Aphrodite. Yeah. Aphrodite. Yep, yep. Okay. There you go. So it makes sense that UEE uses their military and they they hide everything over there because they have a station called Hesphestus, which basically makes sense that they may make. Uh, important weapons or or ships in that at, at that station. Don't know, but it, it's just you know just pay attention to the names. Yep. Yeah, they do, they do name things in Star Citizen, so like sort of refer to it. yeah the right. reason yeah. All right. So up next we have a question from Jaja. What is the likelihood that the jump network would be dynamic? The wormhole would relocate, change size, wink out. We have heard of wormhole discovery, but how dynamic will the entire network be? So that's from Jaja. Um, Dr. Murray, what do you think? Uh, from what we've seen, it appears that they build these gates around jump points to stabilize them so they don't wander as much, so they don't wink out and just disappear. That the, the gate system is causing more stable jump points. But the jump points that you discover, like you're out in your carrick, you find an anomaly, you go check it out, it's a jump point, it goes to some random world, you go through it a few times, you exploit what you can, you come back, and then it just dissolves, because that's going to happen. They said they're going to have jump points that come and go. Some will show up and be a shortcut, you'll be able to go from, like, Seoul to Stanton with a jump point that you discover, which is normally, like, four jump <laughs> jumps away, so, yeah. I, I want to see a more dynamic jump point system. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that they've they've mentioned that, um, you know, jump points aren't going to always be, there'll be certain jump points that won't be stable, right? So like, there's a system on the star map, um, you can maybe go to it called Oratani, which was cut off. And I would love for like that Oritani jump point to open up and you find this this civilization of humans that has been completely cut off from everybody for hundreds of years. Like, um, so I do hope that they do make the jump point network, jump points um, dynamic. 
Colossal, any thoughts? Uh, I mean, I agree with my, you know, fellow panelists. That you know, it'll be wonderful. I mean, it'll it'll put the character work, wouldn't it, and put others other ships yeah. to work that that have those types of systems that'll be able to track that. Um, I mean, that reminds me of that Star Trek episode when you had the uh our lovely friends the um the one with the big ears the big ears that the cork was a part of the Ferengi. you stole what i was gonna what i was gonna bring up i was gonna bring up the tng episode but go, go ahead buddy go ahead go ahead go ahead you got it go ahead oh <laughs> uh, yeah that the episode in tng where uh jordy and data were having a co-op co collaborative mission with the, with the Ferengi, um with, with, with at a stable a stable wormhole but you know it turned out the stable wormhole was not that stable and Jordy and and Data discovered that on on the other side of the wormhole that it, it was it was it was not in a place that was they were supposed to be after they gone through. So they, they went ahead and gone through and tried to get the Ferengi to follow them, but the Ferengi was, you know, arrogant and and and, and thinking, oh no, it's stable. They were going to make a lot of money from this, but no, the the wormhole just decided to whoop, blink out and they were left stranded so yeah I, i'm expecting something like that ha to happen tonight in star citizen sometime like uh that you, you, you know that it's not a stable world, but you don't know how unstable or the predictability mm -hmm. of when it'll, it'll it'll disappear or move will be um a suspect so yeah that's right for some people to get stranded sometimes yeah, I think we keep forgetting about those probes that we that we have on those ships. I mean, so yeah. you need to use them whenever they come in game because if you got an unstable wormhole that's jumping like that, that's the first thing you want to send instead of your entire ship. No, send it all. I, I don't even care. I'm gonna <laughs> still gonna send it. <laughs> send them all. We'll send them all. We'll pull a Voyager. We'll yeah. see you in a couple couple of decades. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll find a change to warp core. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, we have a question from Potten Face. What role would Anvil Carrot play in mapping new star systems and wormhole also and and wormholes? Also, what function will drone play within that? Ooh. Well uh, yeah, anyone. Go ahead. Yeah, like um so like I mentioned to Ortani, um some systems say data incomplete. So, um, you know, if you have a Carrick and you have um, probes, you know, that, that, or the Odyssey, those places, uh, those, those will be places you want to go. If there's incomplete data on the star map, you're going to want to definitely go there with a, a ship that is, that's what it does. It gathers data to, you know, map out a system or map out jump points. So I think that's going to be the, the use for um, some of these exploration ships. Okay, Dr. Murray, this one is for you. Uh, would the canine race be go? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, you, cut, you cut out. Would the canine go? This is from Jen and Tonic. You keep cutting out when you say it. Uh, oh, would the, would the canine race be a good boy? Oh. I put it in. I put it in. I, I mean, in that, that's what they say. There, there are no bad dogs. That's what we say, right? Just bad owners. But I think I think that's a lie because I've met a bad dog. Mm. So um, yeah, I mean, I think there would be good and bad boys and girls. <laughs> two, two two races with with, with the same species, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> if they put a dog species in, they have to put a cat species in. Well, they can't because of the Kilrathi. 
no, they can. Just, just, I, I, just don't I call them the Karafi. Call them something I else. think I think anything close to that, they would probably get sued because that's how EA is. Uh, I've seen cat-like species in other sci-fi franchises. Yeah, but so. not a Chris Roberts franchise. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's... Uh, so when, when he was Go asked ahead. about it back in, like, 2014 CitizenCon, he said that he couldn't and he wouldn't. So <laughs> and he just left it at Fair. that. Because yeah. okay. we were, like, Kilarathi coming back or something like them, and he was like, no cats. So weird. Oh, my God. The Kilarathi were fantastic. I love those things. I know. They were, I, just the, the costumes in the Wing Commander movie were so bad, though. Yeah, that yeah. was bad. That was <laughs> bad. They were so disappointed with that one. But that was bad. They, they didn't have time to change it or anything like that. So, yeah. Yeah. By the way, if people haven't seen the Wing Commander movie, do yourself a don't. favor and check it out. Just one. Don't one. watch it. Don't watch it. Watch it. <laughs> it's not bad. I like the movie. I thought it was okay. It wasn't all that bad. <laughs> I mean, the great thing about the Wing Commander movie, I know we're getting off topic here, but the great thing about the Wing Commander movie is that they actually invented bullet time before the Matrix. That's true. <laughs> Alright, so next question is from Genetonic again. GRG hasn't even figured out how a how figured out planetary revolution in a single primary system. How long do you think it'll take for systems with multiple primaries, or do you think it'll, they'll just fake it? So, how long do you think it'll take for a system from, with multiple primaries? Do you think they'll just it's a win question? It? That's a win yeah. question. I, I'll I'll put it this way. So, once they get planets orbiting a single primary star then it shouldn't be that difficult for them to um, simulate a barycenter. So, you know, like, you'd still have planets. That's why I think maybe all these binary systems are of the P-type. You'd still have planets orbiting um, two stars that are in orbit around a common center, right? So it, I, don't, I don't think it's going to take that much longer after they get planets orbiting single stars. Hope that's a good answer. Anyone else? All right, cool. I mean, uh, start, uh, space engine. Space engine does it. So, like, you know, it's just mm. mathematics. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just math. Just mathematics. <laughs> okay, I like that answer. Uh, this one is it's from easy Atlas. math. Easy man. Oh my god. It's Kaplarian math, right? That's a yeah. Kyle, uh, I want to say Kalwadi, but Kilwadi. Next question from Axis. Do you believe that we will have eclipses, transit comets, and other believable astronomical phenomenal for to study? Like, so do you think we'll see eclipses in games? Yes. Yes. Yeah, if, if yeah. you've got if you've got orbital motion, yep. you know their artists are going to set it up so that there's eclipses. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I agree. It's just, maybe not yeah, on just a matter of when, not yeah. Maybe not on Soul after it gets vandalized. Well, I mean, look at the moon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. The, on Earth, they're, I mean, they're not. They're not the same scale, though, so I don't know if it would work out. Well, that's yeah, that's the, the thing, effect. right? That when yeah. you start doing like different scale for stars versus planets, then that does kind of like mess that yeah. up. That's true. That's true. If you if you yeah. use 
you know, consistent scale for both the, the stars and planets, yes, you could have a solar eclipse on it. But I mean, like, they have, if, they if have different scales. If everything is one size, if everything is one six to size, then it should be fine, because everything is but it's not the, but it is the, the moons, are, moons are one-tenth size. Planets yeah. are one-sixth, moons are one-tenth. Stars are like one fiftieth or something. Yeah, that, 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 that's my only criticism, actually. But I know they have reasons. So. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see I don't see CID messing up this their solar system, this, this Earth, Earth system like that. But we'll see. I I, I I can see them making it making making it, making our moon the Earth moon one six side just like the Earth is. But make, they're making right. exception just for just yeah. for that. They they may just target that with other systems that aren't that isn't the solar system. Right. You know. Yeah. So just to at least give you the uh, the immersion of seeing that. Yes, I said vandalized. That is correct. Vandalized. Oh my god. <laughs> I, see what I didn't realize. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and this is just, you know, speculation on our part. This is anything that CID said. I, I, I did say I think. Uh, I, I don't see that. Yes. Right. But we'll see what happens. Uh, up next, we have a question from, oh, this is from Jen and Tonic. How long do you think it'll take for systems with multiple primaries? Oh, oh, this is what we are. Sorry. We already answered that. Yeah, I didn't realize that. that. Yeah, sorry. No problem. All right, so that's it for the question. All right, so These are great questions. Yeah, thank you for that. I, I just want to thank everybody for joining us. Oh, TV Liquid. Thanks oh, for the rain. It's just about the just end. Came in with well, the rain. Yeah. So we've been talking about the arc stuff now from with, with Dr. Murray. And uh, matter of fact, I just want to say thank you for Dr. Murray for joining us. Uh, tell us again where we can, where we can find you. Um, so I stream every Tuesday and Thursday on a stream called Slash You Know Gaming. We slash a variety of games. We're starting to stream more Star Citizen on Thursdays as the game gets more stable and my partner can tolerate playing it more. So Thursdays are mostly Star Citizen. Tuesdays we play things like Elden Ring, Deep Rock Galactic, Pyro Phasmophobia, just fun co-op games. And then I stream, oh. my main stream is Wednesday at 1900 PST. It's called the Yacht Club slash Yacht Club BC. And we talk about Star Citizen events that happen during the week. We let Joran monologue about nonsense. And uh, that's pretty much what we do. We also show screenshots. I almost forgot about the screenshots. Yes, yeah, our can't, can't, yeah, can't yeah. forget about the screenshot. And um, Black Guy Legion said, aren't you one of the original Yacht Club members? <laughs> yes, I am. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, and Colossal, where can people find you? You sign me in the verse. In the verse. Or especially here during the summer and here on Soul Citizens, absolutely. It's much pressure running around with Test uh, test Squadron, Best Squadron. So, um, yeah, it's the summer, so I'm around, folks. Get me up for the and next three weeks. Really like you may find, find them wandering around in Chicago for whatever reason, right? <laughs> You've already been there twice in three weeks. You may see me a third time. Exactly. You never know. <laughs> Jade, where can people find you? People can find me on Soul Citizens. Sometimes they come by Soul Talk. And sometimes I even um, play music on the People's Radio of Levski. Wow. Yeah, the People's Radio.space. I am the program director, but sometimes I do, I do DJ. Um, so, yeah. 
and people can find me on Twitter. I'm fastcard on it. I'm sorry, fast underscore card on Twitter. You can find me here on um, Soul Citizens, and especially well, we'll talk about that in in a, in a minute. Uh, but yeah, sometimes I you can find me on different shows. Sometimes relay, sometimes the ca a captain table. So I, I'm all over the place, but mostly on Twitter and here on on Soul Citizen. Uh, I want to talk about our merchandise. We sell merchandise. Uh, we sell T-shirt mugs. Uh, game pads and a whole bunch of other stuff. We even sell um, long sleeve shirts now and water bottles. So we're having a video showing right, right, right there. So click the link below and check out our merchandise. We appreciate your support. Either. Uh, I want to say up next we have a show on Thursdays called Soul Talk. That's 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, 1 a.m. UTC. That's where we talk about on what's going on in the Genesis community. We cover mostly stuff on the comment cover um star citizen live irc that's on a tired unfortunately and we cover a uh, cinema um uh, the griffin like, like um fine for us so yeah that, that that is our community talk show uh on saturday we have soul voices um that's what we cover uh our, our, that's also a community show but that's more one-on-one -on -one. um and both so people can come in on discord and talk with us but I'm so voice coming one and one and talk about the topic that we have on hand. We cover topics from Reddit, from Spectrum, and basically general industry news. Uh, and Sunday, uh, Jay, do you want to ch ch tell us about our show on, on, on Sunday that you see on the screen? Sure, yes. So our show on Sunday is going to talk about the career of smuggling. So all of you who have, you know, wanted to like, Smuggle, that's going to be the show for you. Um, and yeah. Remember, people, the first rule, the first rule of smuggling is never fly a ship known as a smuggler's ship. <laughs> that's the first rule of smuggling. Good point. And if Lost somebody tells you that they, they can make the jump in several parsecs, just nah. don't leave them because it's, it's a unit of distance, distance. not time. Right. <laughs> uh, right. So, Rajasthan, thank you for the five subscription. We appreciate it. Thank you for that. And everyone who got a subscription from from them, to, to, to tell them thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah. So that uh, Sunday, eight p.m. Eastern, midnight UTC. And also, we have a show on um, we have a show on YouTube called Reacting and Reacting Reviews and Reactions or Reacting and Reviews on our. Um, we talk about basically what's going on in movies and um and and TV show. Oh, oh before I forget, Saturday we are part of we just we um instituted uh so pod chat so pod chat Saturday is back. Um, we're, we're first on with Soul Voices that Soul Citizen. Then go to Captain Captain Table on the after club at six p.m. Eastern. That's midnight UTC. And then followed by Relay Station on Relay SC at 9 p.m. Eastern, 1 a.m. UTC. So, um, a full day of our podcast. Okay, so I think that's it. So, I want to thank everybody for joining us. And sorry for people who, um, who, who, who came in for the way we're just wrapping up. Uh, what was that real quick? I'm, I, I just got a message real quick. Oh, we are going to raid uh, someone. So we're going to raid Doc Hour 717. Thank you for fighting them for us. I'm a Christian. I appreciate it. So with that, I want to say uh, one final thing. And then peace, love, and so Thank you, everybody.
Doodles. Take care. Bye, everybody.